welcome back to Understanding Childhood Cancer. I'm Dr. Jeff and this is my podcast that's mostly for parents of children who are being treated for cancer or leukaemia, but also other people, friends and family that want to know a bit more about what on earth's going on. And today I want to explain some of the weird jargon that doctors and nurses throw around in a children's cancer unit. Let's face it, doctors sometimes use a whole lot of technical crazy language that normal people just haven't ever heard of before. And so they wonder, what on earth did that doctor just say? Today I want to explain some of the terms that get thrown around just so you know what they all mean. So the first one I want to talk about is remission. Everyone will have heard about someone has cancer in remission or leukemia in remission. Well, remission is what we want to achieve, of course. Remission is the first step on the way to curing cancer. So what does remission mean? Well, basically, a complete remission means that we can't see any evidence of the cancer or leukemia anymore. So if you think about somebody who turned up with a tumour in their leg, for instance, and suppose they had some nodules of tumour that had spread to the lungs, for instance, well, if after all of our chemotherapy and surgery and maybe radiotherapy, whatever we did, if we then did scans and we couldn't see the tumour in the leg and we couldn't see the cancer in the lungs and we couldn't see cancer anywhere else in the body, well, then we could say that that patient was in remission. And that's what remission means. It means that when we examine the patient and when we do our tests, we can't see any evidence of the cancer or leukemia anymore. So you can imagine, remission is a good thing. We like getting patients into remission. Now, remission doesn't necessarily equal cure, of course. Sorry to say that, but... A patient could be in remission. All of our scans could be clear, but they could still have some tiny deposits of tumour cells somewhere in the body that are too small for us to spot with our scans. See, our scans are only going to pick up a tumour nodule if it's above a certain size. But if there was a tiny microscopic deposit of tumour somewhere in the body, then we wouldn't pick that up on the scans. And so the patient would be in remission but they wouldn't necessarily be cured yet. They might be cured, but if they've still got tumour cells there that can then grow back, well, then they're not cured yet. So we like remission. It's our important first goal. Get the patient into remission, but then even when they're in remission, we're likely to continue with lots more treatment to wipe out what's left of the tumour or the leukaemia, stuff that we can't see even, but to make sure we wipe it out. And so we continue with our treatments often, even though the patient's in remission, because our previous research studies, our previous clinical trials showed that if you keep going with therapy, then you've got a better chance that nothing will ever grow back again. Now, why don't I talk about that grow back again now? Grow back again is what we call a relapse. So relapse is the big bad guy. That's what all our efforts are designed to avoid, a relapse. So a relapse occurs in a patient who was in remission or nearly in remission, everything had been going well, 
and then the cancer grows back again or the leukemia grows back again. That's called a relapse. That's the big bad guy. That's the one that parents of children with cancer just sort of walk around in terror of ever hearing the R word, relapse. Another word for relapse is a recurrence. Recurrence, that's another way of describing a relapse. Another R word, that's another bad R word. Now let me go back to remission again, and I can explain what induction means. So often when patients start treatment, you'll hear that they're having the induction phase, particularly in leukaemia, particularly in acute lymphoblastic leukaemia, you'll hear about a four-week induction phase of treatment. So what does induction mean? Induction is the process of inducing a remission. So you know if we induce someone to come out for dinner with us or we, if, if we induce someone to sell us their car at half price, well, this is inducing a remission. So the induction phase is usually the first phase of treatment to try to get the patient into remission. And so in acute lymphoblastic leukemia, we normally talk about a four-week induction phase. But in other tumours, it might go on for much longer. So in neuroblastoma or Ewing sarcoma, we might have an induction phase of several cycles of chemotherapy to get the patient into remission. And the induction phase might include the operation. So in Ewing sarcoma, we might give chemotherapy for, say, six cycles of chemotherapy and then do the operation to remove what's left of the tumour. And all of that might be called the induction phase. So different language will be used in different studies and what they call induction will vary from study to study. But that's what induction is, inducing a remission. And induction in leukaemia, for instance, is normally pretty strong treatment, very strong treatment. That's where you go in hard and try to kill all of the leukaemia. The next one I want to explain is consolidation. Consolidation. That's another one you might see in a protocol. Well, consolidation basically means adding to the induction to really hammer the leukemia or the cancer while it's down. So if you're a boxer, induction would be knocking your opponent to the mat. Consolidation would be jumping on top of him, kicking him in the ribs and totally wiping him out. That would be contrary to the rules of boxing as I understand them. But anyway, that's what consolidation is. So having induced a remission, then consolidation is to really hammer what's left of the leukemia or the cancer. So typically in ALL, we give the induction phase, and most patients go into remission after that, after their one-month induction phase. And then we go on with a consolidation phase. And that's a further blast of intensive strong drugs, usually different drugs, to really hit the leukemia while it's down. In other tumour types, we have consolidation phases. Sometimes it involves just continuing similar chemotherapy. For instance, in Ewing sarcoma, we do the induction, we do the surgery, and then we go on with more cycles of chemotherapy and call that consolidation when it's in the post-operative phase. Or sometimes consolidation might take the form of some sort of bone marrow transplant. So in neuroblastoma, 
when we're treating high-risk patients with neuroblastoma, where we'll do the induction phase, we'll operate on the tumour, and then if all is going well, then we might go to what's called an autologous bone marrow transplant, and I'll explain that later, and that might be referred to as the consolidation phase. It's hitting the cancer again while it's down to try to mop up anything that's left of the cancer. Next one to mention is maintenance. This is one you'll particularly hear about in the treatment of ALL, but it occurs in some other settings, maintenance therapy. So maintenance therapy usually occurs in ALL after several months of intensive chemotherapy. So maintenance usually involves something that's not as heavy, not as strong. In ALL, it's mostly tablets, 6-mecaptopurine, methotrexate at night, sometimes with some vincristines, sometimes with more lumbar punctures. But by and large, it's a more gentle phase of treatment. Still chemotherapy, still vitally important, but a more gentle phase, less intensive, and that might go on for 18 months in ALL, but there are maintenance phases in certain other diseases as well. In addition to induction and consolidation, there are times in leukaemia therapy where we do reinduction and reconsolidation. So that's not for patients that have had a relapse. I mean just patients with ALL get their induction to go into remission, get their consolidation to kick the leukaemia while it's down, and then they might have a few weeks of something else, and then we might do it all over again, called reinduction and reconsolidation. That's really to kick the leukaemia while it's down. And there's been big research studies over the years to see whether a delayed reinduction or reconsolidation or intensification, if these phases being added improve the chances of curing the disease. So all of these things can occur in leukemia management. Next one to describe is response. Your doctors might talk about whether we see a response from the tumour, whether the tumour responds. That basically means, does the tumour get smaller or does the leukaemia start to go away? But really, when we talk response, we're often talking about the solid tumours, not always, but often, and a response means tumour gets smaller in response to the drugs or radiotherapy, whatever we're giving. So we want to see a tumour response. In some of our clinical trials, particularly what you call a phase 2 study, then we want to measure what level of response we see. And so there you'll see people talk about a complete response, that's where the tumour disappears completely, or a partial response, and there's all sorts of definitions of partial response. It might be that you multiply the dimensions out and see what the area of the tumour is and then look for a 50% reduction, or you might use the RECIST, R-E-C-I-S-T criteria and just measure the tumour in one dimension and look for a 30% reduction. There's all sorts of definitions of what constitutes a response. And then it gets even more complicated when you have a disease like neuroblastoma because there's urinary catecholamines and there's MIBG scans and there's all sorts of other things. So there's international neuroblastoma response criteria. And then just the other day, there's this new publication of some new pediatric non-Hodgkin's lymphoma response criteria. 
So documenting response and how you define a response is all very technical in these clinical trials. Then there's something called a VGPR, very good partial response. There's something called stable disease. That's where the tumour doesn't get bigger, but it doesn't get smaller either. And of course, the bad one is progressive disease, PD in those trials. That means you give the drugs, but the tumour keeps growing. That's the bad one. So there are all the terms that you'll see in a phase two study to talk about, well, what happened in the short term when you gave the drug? Was there a complete response or a partial response or stable disease, etc.? Now, I want to come back to remission now, and this is particularly in the situation of leukemia. So that's why I've left it to the end. So this is particularly when we talk about leukemia, because there are different types of remission that we talk about in leukemia. So for the first few decades of treating leukemia, remission was defined with a microscope. So when we first diagnosed the leukemia, we would take a bone marrow sample look at it with the microscope, and we would see leukemia cells everywhere. Maybe 90% of the cells in the bone marrow were leukemia cells. We would go on with the chemotherapy, give the induction phase of chemotherapy, and then repeat the bone marrow test. And the definition of remission after that one month of treatment was that on the bone marrow test, less than 5% of the cells in the bone marrow looked to be leukemia cells. Remember, there are some normal cells that can look like leukemia cells, so you couldn't go for 0%. So the definition was less than 5% of cells looking like leukemia cells, plus the spinal fluid had to be clear. So that was how we defined remission for some decades. And that's called a morphological remission morphology is the appearance of cells under the microscope. So that was a morphologic remission. Now, as time went on, we developed other ways of detecting leukemia cells. And if you listen to my podcasts on leukemia, you'll hear some discussion about chromosome changes that you can see in leukemia cells. So children have normal chromosomes in their body but their leukemia might have some abnormal chromosomes. And at the start, at the original diagnosis, we might have looked at the bone marrow and seen a cluster of cells with some abnormal chromosomes. At the end of induction therapy, as well as looking at the bone marrow again with the microscope, we can look for the abnormal chromosome again. So we can do tests to see if any of the cells in the bone marrow still have that abnormal chromosome. And if we can't see any cells anymore with the abnormal chromosome, then we could say the patient has a cytogenetic remission. Cytogenetics is the study of chromosomes and looking at them in the leukemia cells. Well, if we can't see that abnormal chromosome anymore, then we'd call it a cytogenetic remission. So it would be possible to have a patient who was in a morphologic remission, so under 5% leukemia cells with the microscope, but the cytogenetics people might still see some cells with the abnormal chromosome, and so they would not be in a cytogenetic remission. The next thing that came along was some groovy DNA molecular tests 
that we could also use to look for very rare leukemic cells. So these are the tests that we use for measuring minimal residual disease, MRD, minimal residual disease. And these tests can be really amazing, like you can detect one leukemia cell out of a million normal cells. Doesn't always work that well, but very often you can detect one leukemia cell out of 10,000 or out of 100,000 normal cells. So if you compare that to the microscope, this MRD technique is way more sensitive at detecting residual leukemia. And so if we do this DNA test after chemotherapy and we can no longer detect any leukemic cells using the DNA test, this MRD test, then we could say the patient's in a molecular remission. So the best combination is to be in morphologic remission, cytogenetic remission and molecular remission. That's the best combination. That's as good as it gets. Now, we still keep going with chemotherapy, but that's what we really like to see. There are patients who are in remission with the microscope, but they're not in a molecular remission. And depending on how high that MRD level is, we might just change the chemotherapy. We might give stronger drugs, for instance, if the MRD level is too high, even though they look to be in remission with the microscope. So different sorts of remission morphologic remission with the microscope, cytogenetic remission using the chromosome tests and molecular remission using DNA tests looking for those super rare leukemic cells. Now the final word to say on remission is that we talk about someone being in a complete remission when we can't see any evidence of the leukemia or cancer, like I said at the start. Now, the first time the patient goes into remission, we call that first remission, and we abbreviate that CR1. So you might refer to a patient as having AML in CR1, meaning they had AML and they've gone into remission and they've stayed in remission. Now, if the worst happens and there's a relapse, then we may be able to get the patient back into remission by giving chemotherapy again. So then they would be in second remission, and we would call that CR2. So a patient who's had leukemia, went into remission, relapsed, went back on chemotherapy, back into remission, that would be second remission, or CR2. Now there is also the entity of partial remission, Partial remission would mean that things have improved, but the cancer hasn't gone away completely. So patient, for instance, with neuroblastoma might get to their transplant still with some abnormalities on the MIBG scan, and so they would not be considered in a complete remission. They may be considered to be in a partial remission. Anyway, I'll leave it there for today's explanation of weird jargon that doctors use. We really have to be careful, you know. One time I heard a doctor say to a new family that, hmm, we may not proceed with the HLA typing until we see the molecular characterization of the leukemia and see how well it correlates with the immunohistochemistry. 
I must say, I had to shake my head and wonder. In fact, I'm not sure I even understood what he was talking about. So, yes, we've got to be careful with jargon. But thanks for tuning in today to Understanding Childhood Cancer. I'm Dr. Jeff. Remember, there's a Facebook page. If you go to Facebook and if you search for Understanding Childhood Cancer with Dr. Jeff, that's Jeff, G-E-O-F-F, well, you'll find the Facebook page. And if you want to leave some comments or questions or ask for clarification on a point, I'd be very happy to respond. But for now, that's it from me, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye now. Thank you.